1: Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
2: Welcome, everybody. You got one more, uh, I think, one more day of the cash contest. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, That's right. Four Four more more. prizes to give away. Four more prizes. We'll begin with uh, the keyword at 220. Well, you can imagine our shock. Yesterday, of course, we were talking about this guy that drove into the uh, police recruits in Whittier. Uh, The other morning, Nicholas Gutierrez, we've learned is his name, a 22 year old. And uh, we had Sheriff uh, Villanueva on the show yesterday in the four o'clock hour who told us uh, their investigation revealed so far that it looked like it was a deliberate act. That became pretty big news. And then you can imagine our shock when hours later we learned he'd been released.
3: Yes, I I woke up this morning, which I do every morning. How does that make sense in any world of criminal justice? Well, it's L.A. County and George Gascon, but he's not involved yet, technically. Well, this is why Steve Gregory is summoned, to explain how a guy (laughs) that the sheriff announced is suspected of intentionally mowing down 25 police recruits is released the next morning. Is Is it that bad even in L.A. County?
4: I was just as shocked as you guys, and I was coming back last night from a uh, a preview of a documentary on the LA City Fire Department, and it was after 10 o'clock, and by the time I got to my home, I saw this alert, and I thought it was a mistake. What I thought (laughs) had happened is he bailed out. So I the, did too. Yeah. I had the same thought that so he just thinking, bailed out somehow. How the hell did he come up with $2 million in assets? You know, <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, this, you know, there's a lot more to the story here. And then when I started to read, and it's like, no, he's been released under a very little known penal code, California Penal Code, which gives law enforcement the ability to release somebody before they've been arraigned if they feel like they can't hit that threshold of, of evidentiary. Uh, you know, uh, proof to to be able to give to the the court. Right. It's been my, right.
3: It's been my understanding is yes. Sometimes investigations take a while, and you can't lock one someone up immediately. But that in in a case here where he's committed many crimes, that there's always something you could hang a hook on to hold him temporarily until you hit him with the big hammer.
4: Remember. Um Observing the crime, even on video, as rough as it was, and eyewitness testimony is a far cry from convicting somebody of a crime. And getting to that point is going to take a lot of evidence. And this is a situation that, so let me put this to you this way, after my conversations with many people this morning. Um, Let's say, for instance, God forbid, one of these individuals dies, one of these recruits dies. Now, if they arraigned him on attempted peace officer charges, and once they arraigned him on that charge and then things happen after that it could be very complicated and difficult i'm also told that they didn't have all of the toxicology reports right or back yet that could also play in if they were going to try to charge him with a crime like attempted murder on a peace officer they would have to prove intent now if he if he turns out to have been impaired now he he blew a 0.00 roadside But that doesn't mean he didn't have anything in his system. There's already been the talk about the marijuana. The sheriff said it on your show yesterday. I've also been told it was possible he was taking nitrous oxide, whippets. Oh, wow. That's another one that had come up in the conversation. Two different people close to the case have told me that. So I I can't confirm it. I'm just telling you that's what's been told to me. Um, So if he had other substances in his system that could be very difficult to prove that he had an intent on killing someone because he was impaired. You can you can't add charges later like if one of the cadets died now, you could say
2: now it's murder.
4: Yeah, see this is that what I am checking. Have happened. This is what I'm checking, but apparently the way this is coming out, the way it's being um the way it's being structured is that it would be very difficult to do that after the fact because of whatever particular case or whatever particular Nuances to this case is, in effect, it was explained to me that they they didn't want to take a chance and arraign him on this attempted murder charge until they had other things in place. That was just the way it was explained to me.
3: How are they going to ensure he doesn't take off?
4: Well, it's provisional. I I think he already knows he's going to be rearrested. And the sheriff made it very clear. And then the investigator I spoke with said that it it was a provisional release. Right, which means he's coming back.
3: Right, but uh, but John's
4: right; he could be in Montenegro by now. You really think that the sheriff's information or sheriff's enforcement bureau is uh, not sitting on this guy? (laughs) Well, I'm asking what Uh, do they do? Do Do they
3: got a 24 hour guard outside the house? I'm just
4: going to tell you that uh, you know it's not like the movies. So I'm going to tell you that uh, I'll just tell you that there's probably a group of people, and plus the media. Right, you got every TV camera sitting right on his house. They're at the house, yeah. yeah. So
2: you
3: got to be, you got to look yeah. in the back yeah. of the house too. You know, yeah. but
2: Villanueva oh, said on TV, "This we operate under Prosecutor George Gascon. We definitely have grave concerns about his ability to prosecute."
3: Well, that's the first thing I thought of because, <laughs> hey, he—the the guy just ran over police recruits. I mean, that's to Gascon. That's like running over uh, bugs. Okay, now oh, <laughs>
4: let's see here. How can I do this? Uh, um, we
3: have to have the case that's ironclad, ironproof.
2: Submitted well, no. to the DA for filing consideration. And so others said, Steve, it's a very complex
4: case. It's, it is very complex because you're dealing with people that are not sworn police officers, though there were sworn officers in the mix, but I don't know that any of them were injured. Mm. So you've got that in play. You've Wait, got, it, it, But it, 75 people right. saw that car coming at Wait, them. It's pretty. It's, cool. it's a big crime if you run over 75 ordinary people, isn't it? <laughs> well, exactly. But remember, the first charge was attempted murder on a peace officer. Right. So I, I think what they're, I mean, it's obvious that with the actual peace officers in play there, which would have been the instructors, um, and probably some deputies in the car in the front and the back, that you know that that also includes I, them i,
3: I just got to think there's been plenty of cases where uh somebody has been attacked shot and they don't die right away they linger for a couple of weeks in a coma and then they die
4: amend the charges and
3: you amend the charges right so i don't see why that would be a, a great difficulty if if the facts change
4: now the only thing i can think of uh in this and i don't have this for certain is that um uh, I think that uh, they're they're using the same model they did when the two deputies were shot in Compton. Mm-hmm. Remember how tight-lipped? I couldn't get anything out of anybody on that case that day. And that was because they did not want to take any chances on screwing that case up. So the upside is, remember, that the district attorney's office, they call it the CAPO unit. It's, it stands for Crimes Against Peace Officers. That's a special team of, of prosecutors that go along with the cops and the other detectives. Right. And so they're a part of this, and it's parallel the whole time, so they're aware of what's going on. So even they were a part of this, presumably, and they all realized they probably wanted to wait and do the bigger charges all at one time and not get him now because they're running out of time. They're running out of time to charge him with something because the clock's ticking. And they've got the weekend, too. So they would have run out of time if they hadn't filed anything by today. They would have well, run out of time.
2: Now, the intentional act part, I'm hearing it again today, is that some of the cadets, the recruits, said that uh, after he crashed into the light pole, he would not take his foot off the accelerator. Like, he wanted to keep running over anything and anybody he could. I, You know, that's got to
4: be a part of the case. Well, again, we don't know whether that was as a result of trauma or shock. Uh, or because- stuck. <laughs> because, yeah. Or because he was impaired. We don't know the reasons behind that. There's also been all this talk and chatter about people hearing him accelerate, hearing the vehicles accelerate. But the, I mean, that's all going to be part of the investigation. It's all conjecture at this point because we don't have the the sheets in front of us that show what the witnesses have said. Um, I will tell you this. You've been you're talking about Gascon. Oddly enough, and if you want, I'm happy to get the audio and play it for you because Chief Moore from LAPD yesterday basically said that Gascone has been changing all his ways and that what you think, what you guys were just talking about with how Gascone will will charge this case and may look at this case is completely opposite of what you're thinking. Really? Because I, I just audience. got
2: an email from Gascone today. You know what the title of the email was? I got was? It too. I will do everything I can to make sure the wrongly
4: convicted are released from prison. So, Well, here's the thing. I can send it right now. That sounds like Gascon to me. But I, I'll send it to you right now because the question came up yesterday. I was covering this thing with the, the rail yard crimes, yes. the rail yard yeah. thefts. And they recovered $18 million and stolen. A reporter says, well, Chief, and they had Deputy DA standing along the line there. Well, Chief, this is all fine and well, but you know what's to say these guys aren't going to get slapped on the wrist and they're going to be out an hour or two later? And then the chief launched into this whole thing about how he personally has noticed a difference in the DA's office. So you want to play that audio? Yes, of course. Okay. I well, I when Sheriff
2: Villanueva okay. says that, I'll believe it. Chief Moore. Uh, hey, well, he's the he's one. He's kind that, of
3: along the same lines. He's not the puppet. Yeah, he, he's been. He's been. Uh, he's a, weak. Well, Garcetti <laughs> has had his hand.
4: <laughs> Sorry, Steve. How do I get you in trouble? No, well, with your Garcetti has had, had, had his
3: hand up. Moore's back. Uh, Moore
4: took a knee.
3: Yeah. Remember?
4: Okay. okay, but that still doesn't discount. You want to defund himself. <laughs> I'm sending it to Eric right now. All right,
2: right, now. A, okay. All right why, don't we, why don't we take a break? Okay. And, uh, we'll, we'll play that. <laughs> All right, we're talking to Steve <laughs> that Gregory. sounds
3: dirty. <laughs> what? <laughs> Defunding yourself.
2: <laughs> I hereby defund myself. Steve, of course, is here covering the story of the man that crashed into the... Uh, Police recruits, so they're out on a run in the area of Whittier. This is Nicholas Gutierrez. And uh, the shock was that uh, after we learned from Sheriff Ian it looks like a deliberate act. He was released late yesterday, and uh, it's because it's a complex case. They want to make sure they have everything in order before they present it to the DA for actual charges. Coming up next, Keyword, John and Ken KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, we're with Steve Gregory here on the John and Ken Show. And, of course, he's been covering the story out of Whittier where the police recruits were uh, run into by a guy behind the wheel of an SUV early the other morning. 75 recruits running, over 20 were hit. The update is that there are still seven in the hospital as of last night, uh, two in critical condition. And it says here the one they're really watching is Alejandro Martinez, who sheriff Villanueva said had surgery Wednesday. He had major trauma to his head and multiple fractures. The shock is that the guy behind the wheel of this SUV that plowed into all of these police recruits, uh, the man from Diamond Bar, Nicholas Joseph Gutierrez, has been released. And then the sheriff said yesterday, on uh, a couple of interviews, including our show, that they're thinking it's a deliberate act. But <clears throat> because of the way this is going to work and the way that they want to make sure that they have a ironclad case against him, uh, and that's also the rule too, Steve. You can't hold somebody for more than forty-eight hours without yeah. like a
4: charge, a real charge, yeah, without or something yeah. like where, where that. Where is yeah. the
3: guy staying?
4: He's at his home.
3: Well, it, 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 his parents' home?
4: Yeah, Diamond Bar. That's where he's from, yeah. I think yeah. he does yeah.
3: live with them. Yeah. Um, shouldn't we have a live stream camera
4: on the home? <laughs> I guess so. I well, want to
3: watch it. I yeah. want to keep an eye on it right here. That's I,
4: pretty much all the TV crews there. I mean, we're, we're pretty confident that between the TV crews and the still photographers in L.A., um, I think he's. There's no be underground passage around. that goes to the neighborhood. Did, uh,
2: did, did we find out? He, did we find out he has a job or anything? Or did we? I no, we
3: heard, don't know anything not, about the guy. No,
4: and, nothing, no, nothing. No rap
3: sheet. No uh, uh, school
4: work. I did get a text from somebody whose daughter knows him and says that uh, they knew him in high school. Um, and he was that, a good guy. And that he has a heart condition. He has a heart condition. And oh, so my to be a medical thing. Was, so I texted back and I said, "What role did that play in this in this crash?" And I've not heard back.
3: <laughs> well, so um, nice try.
4: Yeah, and I want to give you some breaking news. Also, oh uh, yeah, Robert Luna has had his first press conference since the election today, and oh, he's a puppet. He's announced his transition team. Um, Eric Para, who is the chief of the Huntington Beach Police Department, Eileen Decker who is a commissioner on the Los Angeles Police Department Board of Police Commissioners, and Richard Conant, who is a Long Beach Police Deputy Chief. So those are the three people that will be steering Luna into his transition. Was
3: Luna sitting on the
4: knee of Hilda Solis? I was not there, but um, I will get a briefing on how things went. Okay. All right, well, you wanted to talk about Gascon yeah. and something that uh, so, LAPD
2: chief Michael Moore said.
4: Yeah, so this came up yesterday to, to bring everyone up to speed uh, because John and Ken were talking about that perhaps uh, Gascon's policies might, might play into how this this prosecution would go. And the, something interesting came up from a press conference yesterday with uh, uh, Michael Moore, LAPD chief, when he was asked about this rail yard theft ring that was busted up. And, uh, you know, the reporter said, well, wait a minute, you've, you know, what about these, they get out on no bail, you know, they're out early release and all this other stuff. So here's the chief explaining that that's really not the case anymore.
5: The question I believe earlier is that earlier directives from the district attorney's office that date well over a year ago spoke about uh, agency-wide directives for their filing deputies and practices within the prosecution of individuals for felony crimes. Including the provisions of no bail or the use of no or not activating uh, readily available enhancements and so forth, uh, I am, you know, I'm happy to report that over the last more than a year, uh, in regular conversations with District Attorney Gascon between him and I as well as our teams, that we are seeing an evolution and changing of these directives. Uh, today, we are seeing regularly the filing of gun enhancements. Uh, additional enhancements for individuals committing a felony going being out on bail or out on some type of release and committing a new felony which has added enhancements. We're seeing bail being sought at both uh, time uh, at time of arraignment that previously was not <coughs>
4: oh. <laughs> Okay, John's choked up over this. <laughs> Clearly know. gotten to him emotionally. Okay? Apparently, all well, something- I see is a bottle of champagne in front of you. I don't know what I, that's about. I haven't opened it
3: yet. Oh, uh, um, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I hear this stuff about Gascon and I want to upchuck.
4: Uh, <laughs>
3: uh, so I, I want to see
4: proof of
3: this. I, well, uh, uh, how many cases have been. Sure. Uh, I mean, and I, I don't way.
4: know any of that. I can just tell you that, that the chief, uh, we got on the chief pretty good in the last couple of years because of all the smash and grabs and all the other issues that were going on. And we kept pushing the chief. Why should detectives go out there and actually track these people down, spend the manpower to go out there and do this when they're gonna be out within hours? And the chief was getting hit on that pretty hard by us, press corps, constantly about this, especially when we saw how brazen all this stuff was going on. So I think the chief realizes that uh behind the scenes, I I know behind the scenes he's had these frank conversations with Gascone saying, listen, and and you know, take Garcetti out of the equation, but I think uh, Moore has had a very serious conversation with Gascon over all of this. And but then going out of the room yesterday, a couple of reporters chuckled and went, Yeah, let's look at the timing of all of this. You know, why is he, why is, why is the evolution of his enhancements changing? Why are his directives changing? Well, he, he got beat up pretty hard, Gascon did. Yeah. So, I mean, they were all kind of chuckling, saying, Well, it's pretty obvious why things are changing. But, um, you know, recall twice, and then, you know, the, just the, the the smash and grabs, the visual of that happening constantly. And in a year, the campaign for re-election will start. Well, and see, this is... He's <laughs> got to build some kind of record this coming year. Well, and that's... He wants to run again. And that's why what Ken got in the mail, and I got emailed today, or both of us got in the email. That's why you're seeing... there's uh, The campaign, it's interesting, because I have to register for all these campaigns so that I can keep up to speed on what everyone's up to. And I'm getting... Barraged by his campaign constantly, Gascon about all his achievements and accomplishments and and whatnot, and please donate.
3: I, I was going to say, and they want money. Oh,
4: constantly, they? and then the texting and the. How much the, did you give him? I I didn't give him anything. I gave him your Venmo number. <laughs> 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 <Really> quick. <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah, I gave them here Venmo, so <laughs> that's the way I do it. It's less of a trail. But anyway, well, the
2: proof will be in the fact that you know, because what we were hearing about those cargo thefts is the complaint, and I think it was mostly from L.A. County Sheriff's deputies. We
3: keep seeing the same guys. They they get caught, yep. they get released, and they're back out there stealing more stuff, and they're laughing at us. Well, I'm so. glad to see the reporters have finally gotten on this bandwagon well,
4: too. They have been for a while. I can tell you, there's a, there's three or four of us out there that do this on a regular basis, and it's it's the veterans in the press corps. Right. It's yeah. not the, the Well, you know, like yeah. the woke people the, from the, the, kids, LA Times. the kids are all waiting for their questions to be sent to them on their phone uh-huh. i'm not kidding you. <laughs> really i'm not kidding you i swear what? to you what their moms and dads th- send the questions in or what i.e editors back editors. at the station really uh, yeah they're sitting there they wait and then they'll literally and, and i know you can, can't can see it but uh but for john's purpose it will be like this yes sheriff I want to know why you're you're looking at blah blah blah. Why are you in hand blah blah blah? And they're and reading they're, it they're off, reading their off their phone. the phone because their editors are sending them, especially if it's a live feed and the editors are back at the station listening to them, and then they'll type questions out to them. Boy, after your generation dies out, the media is dead. I, I'm I just mean... like, I literally look over at them when they're asking asking the question. They make no eye contact. Uh-huh. Ooh, I'm like, really? And then wow. you know, I I just then I love the day that I won't say what station when they sent their entertainment reporter to a hardcore press murder conference, and that reporter never looked away from their phone because they had no idea what they were doing.
2: <laughs> I mean, I swear, from.
4: it was hilarious. Was there are Sam labor Ruben? shortages everywhere. Was it Sam Rubin? Sam Rubin you know, was there. Sam never leaves his chair. Are you kidding me? God, he never gets out of his chair. <laughs> All right, Steve, thank you Bye very guys. much. Bye Bye All right, five. Steve very Gregory,
2: good. KFI News. More coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
3: I got to click this link, right? I'm just scrolling you know, during the commercial break looking for breaking news. And I, I looked at the Drudge Report, you know, which is dozens of headlines, right? White House studies blocking the sun to stop climate change. All right, I'll click the link. I'll go for it here. Let's yeah. see what I get. Oh, Some from, of his
2: links are kind of...
3: Yeah, oh, well, this is from... Is the sun? Uh, well, this is from the Daily Beast. <laughs> oh, the Daily Beast. The White House admits... we Might, might be satire. Ne- we might need to block the sun to stop climate change. Is that right? This is a long article. It says it's a seven-minute read.
2: Seven okay. minutes. White on- House. Is there a name attached to that, or is it just uh, let me the see? The building says. Uh. <laughs> I well, hate when reporters do it, that. Well,
3: it's a you know, a lot of them All come. out. Right, if it's it.
2: an anonymous source, that's another thing too. But okay, usually you
3: get somebody on the record here. On, well, usually it's a press release on October thirteenth. The White House announced that it was funding a five-year research plan into one of the most controversial proposals for fighting climate change, geoengineering, or technologies and innovations that can be used to artificially modify the Earth's climate. Um, This is known as solar radiation management. It involves spraying fine aerosols into the atmosphere to reflect sunlight away from the Earth. The idea is once it's reflected, there'll be less heat and temperatures will go down.
2: Oh, man. All I can think of is Snowpiercer. Do you know what that is? No. Oh, it was a movie and a TV show about how they tried to screw with global warming and climate, and they ended up freezing the planet, so everybody's stuck on this train (laughs) going around the globe trying to survive because everything else is frozen over. Was that a good movie? (laughs) It was a good movie, and it's now a TV show on TNT. It's a series. Oh, is that
3: right? It oh, is. I'd like to see that that appeals and to me and of course
2: it's mostly about the political interworkings inside right. the train you got the low class people and the rich people anyway, they fight for uh, power and,
3: <laughs> but that was the
2: basic <laughs> premise behind it that uh, so, they wanted to make sure, we wanted <laughs> to prevent climate change so they did something that instead did the opposite so and froze s- us over <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you know, which can, knowing government you know makes sense doesn't it can't you see that happening <laughs> I do as soon as I saw it I said it makes sense it's a good premise I could see that happening
3: <laughs> oh my god so they're going to a spray a mist into the air to reflect the sunlight away but this is our tax dollars you know that stupid freaking spending bill that passed earlier oh, this year right, the that, inflation bill that excreted at inflation a biden- reduction act yeah yeah the thing biden passed through his intestine it came out and this is what they're spending the money on oh that's what's in- oh okay i see
2: oh <laughs> they put up a big sunshade is that what they're gonna do <laughs>
3: No, in an aerosol spray. they will have scientists walking around, you know, just spraying like, wow. like hairspray into the air.
2: Well, good that you brought that up because uh, we come back to California and we always have problems with electricity and water, don't we? And water, of course, has been a big one, the drought. We now have a story that today they approved another desalination plant. And the way it's written in the Times, of course, it's this kind of, oh, dear. Over all the concerns for the underserved community that this will affect, they gave conditional (laughs) approval to a controversial Monterey Bay desalination plant that even the commission's own staff said would unfairly burden a historically underserved community. What what an expression that is! I see it all the time. Yes, underserved. What do they want? Well, here's the bottom line: Do you really want a power plant? Do you want a refinery? Do you want a landfill in your neighborhood? No, no, and no. So if you have the wherewithal and financial means, you don't move to a place that has those things. If you do not have the wherewithal and financial means, you might have to end up buying a home or renting a home in an area that has those things. Did you... Did you to, the, to their times and people on the California Coastal Commission, this is this is a, a, abhorrent and must be corrected.
3: Yeah, the writer is uh, Rosanna Gia, XIA. Yes. And uh, it's about California American water, which is, uh, as proposed building a $330 million desalination project. Now, listen to this. It's on a former sand mining site in the town of Marina, which is a small city with, listen to this, one-third of the community is low-income, and many speak little English.
2: Now, the plant would and, convert as much as 6.5 million gallons of ocean water to drinking water per day. It would be piped into neighboring cities and businesses. Well It is expensive to do this, but the concerns are... It's usually the environmentalists just because the sludge that comes out when they separate the salt out yeah. that's apparently what can impact the but local waters I guess. Are we
3: only are we can't build any infrastructure in any place that has underserved people? <laughs> I mean what, where do you that's find, exactly where, where do we you are. find the city that doesn't have underserved people? I, I guess Beverly Hills right? Beverly Hills should have all the uh, nuclear plants, all the desalination plants. Yes. All to be the, fair,
2: uh, they should be spread around. Like, like sure. what's her name said yesterday, Karen Bass, that everybody's going to have to home, house the homeless, including higher income communities. You're going to have to have refineries, John, right? And power plants and landfills.
3: And all goes to Beverly Hills because everyone. <laughs> well, there- it's a, yeah, it's, they've been overserved. <laughs> 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 oh, wait, that's a line from a bar. <laughs> everyone, I was overserved. Everyone is overserved. Well, uh, I love the word. So wacky. I mean, that's nuts. Well, well, well this is every they're going to get to use the water, too. The, yes. The poor people. And, and I like this. Many speak little English. That's code for illegal immigrants. But they can't. Now, now they've. T-
2: well, they already have here. But, it says a regional landfill and a sewage plant in Marina. Oh, and of course, the sand mine that has dredged <laughs> but, away the coast for more than a century. But you
3: can't build a sea desalination plant again near people who speak other languages. Well, they're usually it's it's more about lower income. No, that's one of the greatest euphemisms I've seen because they've got they're no longer illegal immigrants or undocumented or uh, not in possession of proper documents. You know all those windy twelve word explanations, (laughs) euphemisms for illegal aliens. Now it's many who speak little English. Well, don't you love the hand wringing?
2: Because these uh, progressive woke left environmental people that they probably consider themselves in the California coastal commission are now saying, well, it's great to be able to do what we do to quote, preserve the environment. But man, the state is really
3: running out of water.
2: And, you know, we finally looked over to that corner, that dirty dark corner where the word
3: desalination is, and we're just going to have to do this. We're we're running out of everything that keeps us alive. I, 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 I don't know what kind of insane cult this is, they don't, they would like us to die. Eventually, they're going to be into human sacrifice and they're going to start with little babies. People are going to have their babies snatched away, and this environmentalist crowd is going to say, no, no, this little baby here, eventually they're going to grow up and they're going to start consuming water and power and food, and we can't have this. They're going to be using electrical appliances, they're going to be driving cars, so we're going to kill them now. To save the planet. It's this close, I'm telling you.
2: Yeah. The average household income in uh, Marina is $35,000. So that's why they're considered low-income underserved.
3: Well, that is low oh, income. they're going
2: to sell some of the water to oh. nearby Castroville. Oh, that's who has the $35,000 well, average household. Castroville, a small community of farm
3: workers. Well, you have to earn money in order to get served. You Yes, you're right. I mean, that's... Uh... Oh...
2: The desalinated water would cost at least $7,900 per acre
3: foot. The thing uh, is, if it's already got the landfill and the sewage plant and the sand mine, then why not throw in a desalination plant? Then you just screw up one city instead of four. <laughs> I mean, the place <laughs> no, you, is, the place you, has gone to hell any, anyway, so... You must spread the devastation. All right, we got more
2: coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. Well, she wins! Tracy Park will be the new council member from John's Council District. Yes. Replacing Mike Bonin. She defeated Mike Bonin's
3: endorsed candidate, Aaron Darling. Even evil spawn. Right. And I, you know what? Minion. Uh, Eric Sklar, our technical director, gave me a present. He remembered that I once said when Bonin was finally done, I'm going to have some champagne on the air. And well, it's me, not yet. Not he, until
2: December fifth, I think.
3: I know, but today's the official day that Tracy Park is. Well but, but he's still in office.
2: Him. He can still wreak havoc.
3: No, I I know, but I'm going to celebrate today. All right. And a bunch of champagne. A small bottle of champagne.
2: I see.
4: Well, Ray doesn't drink, and I'm not allowed to drink while I'm running the board, so I didn't want to get a full bottle.
3: Well, what? you can't drink and drive. Yeah. What What, what is that? A plane in there? <laughs> it is. Imagine the disaster. Like if you got drunk, we'd notice the difference. Well, thanks. <laughs> oh, I'm just wow. following the rules here. Uh, yeah. All so right. this is this is a nice little uh, little mini bottle of champagne. We're going to open it up next hour. When I'm going to open it up when she comes on. Yes, and celebrate and toast Tracy Park for... in true fashion. The El Segundo
2: Times doesn't care about that. She is now the sixth woman woman on the council. Okay. So there's a lot of women now in the Wait. LA City
3: Council. When when you get to six, is it really... is that something to put in the headline? It's a record. Oh, record number of women. Yeah, it's a record um, number of women oh, on the okay. LA City Council, right. 6. Well, let, so far I see that all this diversity, uh, they they don't uh, they're not any uh, they're not performing any better than any monolithic group, put it oh, that way.
2: Speaking of the council, guess I guess who I heard interviewed. Who? D- Mark Ridley Thomas. He's he's coming back, he says. The disgraced? Well, he considers himself still a member of the Los Angeles City Council. I was elected, and I am still the councilman. <laughs> the
3: way he talks, this guy, I haven't heard oh, him
2: in a while, just cracks me up. It's all slow and like uh, he's James con- Earl Jones talking.
3: Yeah, yeah, he's a, yeah, this deep, rumbly, ponderous voice that he has. Well, uh, uh, I mean, the um, the dean at USC. I know, she made a deal. She, yes, yeah, she's already pleaded. Guilty. She copped it. I don't so, know what chance he has. She, so, if she's uh, pleading guilty to taking the bribe, how's, how's he going to get out of being uh, convicted? He's gonna, of, I, they're going to say they didn't, they didn't think of it as a bribe. Well, she did. <laughs> I know, but <laughs>
4: do you have it on
3: tape that she said, here, here's your bribe, <laughs> Councilman Ridley Thomas. I do. Is there ever been a case where the person getting the bribe uh, pleads guilty, but the person giving the bribe somehow got out of it? Uh, you have it reversed. She's the one that gave the bribe, and
2: she pled guilty, but the person giving the bribe got out of it. That The person getting the bribe got out oh, of it. That's what I said.
3: Well, I you know what I'm saying. saying. Where one yeah. party says I'm guilty, the other party gets out. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I, I don't think that happens. How could it happen? Well, we were just
2: talking about the underserved communities. They're going <clears> to... <throat> No, they're okaying a desalination plant in an area up in the uh, Bay Area. Underserved. <laughs> which is considered low-income underserved. The L.A. County Board of Supervisors just created themselves a brand new little office. The L.A. County Office of Environmental Justice and Climate Health. This is no joke. It'll be part of the Department of Health, Barbara Ferrer's Department of Health. It'll be carved out of the county's Department of, uh, of Public Health. And uh, they're going to get an interim director. Within 30 days, and this person is going to address environmental pollution, which disproportionately affects low-income communities and people of color. Well, but that's they, all there is now. What are they going to do? I, I, I guess the reckoning is that, yeah. you know, our longtime capitalist system has yeah. led people to believe there's so much to correct out
3: there. You know, you know what it is? None of this you can change. None of this you're going to change. So um, what they've done is they've created these boards and commissions and agencies so that all their woke friends can make uh, six-figure salaries and hold meetings all day and talk about it.
2: This is well, a big
3: scam. This they claim they're a- going to go
2: after these, this industry. That uh, Here's the communities they're targeting. Avocado Heights. Sounds nice. Hacienda Heights, La Puente, and Bassett. They're located near this big battery recycling plant in the lovely city of industry. Well, it's it, they're recycling and, batteries. Isn't that a good thing? And the plant has paid $600,000 in penalties for air pollution violations in 2020. But what happens to that money? You see, this is just like the homeless <laughs> industrial complex. <laughs> right. Where does all the they're going to do is fine these companies, right. and then they're just going to take
3: the money and uh, line their pockets. It's about punishing capitalists, punishing businesses. Yes. That's all it is. It's all, it's all scam. I mean, they, they do this in, in communist countries. They they, they want to confiscate money, confiscate property, have intensive regulations to give them a pretext to to looting the place. And that's what they're going to do with this agency. It's just going to be another way to loot businesses.
2: Environmental justice. Now, the other thing they're doing oh, with the climate change, we've talked about this before, but this story has a picture. They're coating the streets. You don't remember this, John? They have right, a, to cool a, off they put the streets. A, to cool off the streets is called the cooling coating. Uh, they put it down in North Hollywood about a year ago. They're going to put it in more neighborhoods. Allegedly, you put this down on the the, the sidewalk or the pavement, rather, on the road, and it results in uh, uh, a, a cooling down of the temperature. They say they've done this in Pico Union, Westlake South, North Hollywood, Canoga Park, Silmar, Vermont Square, South Central, and Boyle Heights.
5: Well, yeah, uh,
3: well, it does right there at the spot because, you know, on asphalt, black asphalt in the sunlight absorbs a lot of heat and the asphalt itself could be like 130 degrees. So obviously the How much do you above, think this
2: cools it down then? It's kind of like a white coating, it looks like.
3: White reflects sunlight back into the atmosphere. Black right, but would it cool it, it down like 50 degrees it would it cool it down like. It'll cool it. I would. I would assume it would cool it to the. Overall air temperature. Oh, well, all right. So if it's 100 degrees here. Yeah. yeah, it'll stay at 100 degrees, but it won't be 130 when you walk on the on the asphalt. Which and I allegedly,
2: guess, because the asphalt is hot, it le- makes the neighborhoods hot. Because the other thing they talked about in this story is that they're giving up on the cooling centers.
3: No one showed up in them.
2: Yeah, we did that story a few months ago. Nobody's oh. showing up at them. So they want to get uh, so people are cool in their own homes. Oh,
3: so we're not going to hear news people read the addresses of cooling centers anymore. Probably not. They went bust. <laughs> well, I, I saw I saw an article. I think it was in the Times where they actually went to the cooling centers and it was lonely. Like two people, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. And it was really boring because they were just sitting on chairs and staring. Yeah. It's like I don't
2: unemployed and retired people just kind of sitting there taking a nap
3: or reading something. There there is no level of heat that would get me to go and sit in a chair in an empty room and stare. (laughs) It's like I'll tough it out. I'll figure. I'll find a park and sit under a tree. I mean, come on.
2: Well, go ahead, paint the streets. You know, they have just, just. I think the point here is they're just adding more bureaucracy to the county government. That's just nice. Let's hire a whole bunch of people chasing after environmental justice.
3: Yeah, the thing is, they're not doing it for like science reasons. It, it's just to fund an entire bureaucracy and claim it's environmental justice. And and then you know they'll do a little bit of work painting a few streets to because you need a cover story, right? You need. Right, some, and they'll find right. a few
2: more companies and pocket the money. And uh, yeah. onward we go not like you're going to change everything all right when we come back we will be talking to uh newly elected city council member tracy park this is council district 11 the seat long held unfortunately by mike Bonin, goes to the right candidate and one of the few wins you can see in this election johnny ken kfi am 640 live everywhere in the iheart radio app
3: and mark Ronner live the 24-hour kfi newsroom
0: For complete terms. Live Nation presents Concert Week now through May 14th. Get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like Twenty One Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bizzlefluma, Sarah McLaughlin.